to the Soulish Podcast. My name is Whitney Apke and I am your host. On the Soulish Podcast, we're talking about our soul journey and that includes our body, soul, spirit, connection, as well as everything that comes up within our soul as we are in this incarnation, as we are experiencing life, experiencing everything that is helping us along this journey into awakening and uh, growing, expanding, you know, being inspired and encouraged in every way. And it's an honor to have amazing guests on this podcast every other week and that are truth seekers, spiritual leaders, that are people that are on the journey, same as you and I, and they are in their unique, most authentic space. And I love sharing all these different perspectives, all these different journeys. It is just so inspiring to see people that have amazing gifts and abilities to connect with the spirit world, to connect with angels and guides, uh, those who have just been divinely inspired to help humanity with nutrition or health, you know, in the body. And I love that we get to focus on the body, soul, spirit um, in every different kind of episode and with every different type of guest. And it's just so encouraging and so inspiring and so uplifting. And I hope that you feel that way in each episode. For this episode, it's just a solo episode with me. And I just want to share with you guys a, a few things. I want to talk specifically about triggers today because triggers are something that can oftentimes make us feel like we are failing in our journey or we're unworthy, we're not good enough, we're, we're doing something wrong because we keep getting triggered by different things. And I just want to bring some clarity to that um, from my own personal experience and as I've seen other people struggle with being triggered. And um, I feel like I'm on a high today because I am on day 19 of a 21 day fast. And as you guys know, if you watched um, two episodes ago was a solo episode with me and I shared about this journey that I've been on and this invitation to go into this process um, from a being that I had never met before called Mercy. And um, it was really, really new, new experience. And since that one experience, I've had several others like it during these 19 days so far. And it has just been amazing. And I was invited to just go into a fast um, to cleanse and to cleanse specifically my pineal gland. I knew nothing about calcification of your pineal gland, knew nothing. My brother laughed at me like, how did you not know that? That's like a main like spiritual thing that everybody talks about. I was like, so new, bro. <laughs> so new. Um, and so I just haven't been in the spiritual community for very long. So I hadn't heard about it. No one that I follow posts about it. So, <laughs> so I haven't heard about it, but it was so eye-opening and I have definitely felt like that up-leveling, that clarity that I now have when I help with, you know, work with clients, help support on my lives, on Instagram, uh, on my Whitney Apke account. And that has just been so fun and so amazing. And I'm just coming off another live right now that was so inspiring and so powerful. And I brought um, two ladies on that were so brave to come on. And it was so much fun to support them to figure out in what ways are they hindered or blocked or in what ways is there anything that is holding them back and where they are at in their journey. And it was so encouraging. And I had so many people joining the live that were sending so much love and support. And that was so cool to watch. Uh, I just love that. It's like my favorite thing. So 
I definitely feel now that I'm in my juice phase, I'm in my juice week where I'm juicing only. Um, and then tomorrow I am finishing off the fast uh, with water only. So it's, uh, it's going to be two days of water and I'm just going to listen to my body and see if I need, I use Organifi is what I've been using as well to supplement as I'm juicing whole fruits and vegetables. And, um, I might need like an Organifi or something like that while I'm doing just the water, but I'm just going to be kind to my body and kind to myself. It's been a long journey. I can't believe I'm on day 19 of 21 days. It feels like I've been on this fast for a week. It hasn't felt like three already, but um, it has been such an amazing time of really dedicating, not just fasting, but also dedicating time to meditate, to pray, to rest. Uh, I've felt so rejuvenated in this process. And so I, I really am grateful to Mercy, who really, really spoke to me, came to me right when, when it was needed and has been with me ever since. And I have felt that. And um, I've had a couple more instances where I've literally felt hands on me. Um, and I think it was like a couple days ago. How many days ago was that? Maybe five or six days ago. Um, I couldn't sleep and it was like midnight. And so again, I, I felt the tug to go to my meditation pillow and just begin to tune in. What is it that I need to be shown? And I even felt that I felt I felt like I was told, hey, we have something to show you, to share with you. It was so incredibly powerful. I had amazing visions of my future, of my purpose, of what I'm meant to do and like the overall and what I'm about to step into. And so I am so excited for that. I am so freaking excited for that. And it's like my bones were aching. Like this is everything we've ever wanted. You know, this is this is what I was meant for. It was like just buzzing in me. And so I immediately, as soon as it was done, I immediately felt exhausted. Just all of a sudden, just total exhaustion physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I was like buzzing, but my body immediately started to like sway. Like it was like, it's going down. <laughs> and I, I just felt the gentle nudge, like go to bed. You're about to pass out. Like we're, we're going to help you go to sleep. Um, after this, since you're like, you know, <laughs> so I go to sleep, I lay on my back again. I feel the same sensation, um, really like, like something is pressing on me. It is not a surface feeling. Like I can literally feel my stomach being pressed and my organs pressed. Like it doesn't hurt, but it's enough pressure. Like if someone were to massage your stomach, rub your stomach, that's exactly how it would feel. So um, again, I was happening. And then I started to feel like compression from my feet, all the way at my ankles, all the way at my legs. Like someone was squeezing me, squeezing my meridians really interesting. Never felt that before, but it felt amazing. <laughs> and then, um, I felt like my body, cause I'm a side tummy sleeper. And I felt like my body wanted to turn, but I had the thought, but I don't want this to stop. Like, this is amazing. And I don't want to stop this from happening. And as soon as I had that thought immediately, I heard, well, it's okay. We'll rub your back. You know, I'll rub your back. So I was like, okay. Okay. So I turn over I turn over on my side. I get comfortable. I, I nuzzle in, you know, got the pillow just how I want it. Sure enough, right on my shoulder blades, middle of my back, that same feeling begin to press. 
it's, it's to the point where I can feel my shirt move. I can feel my muscles moving, even though it wasn't like deep tissue or anything, I wasn't getting a massage, but it was like, I could feel just like that, that layer under the skin, right. Of, of tissue being massaged. It was the most incredible experience to have my back rubbed by something (laughs) mercy. I, I feel like it's mercy. Um, because that happened to me before mercy came and spoke to me the night before is when the first happening of that happened. And I didn't put two and two together until after this one. And I was like, Oh, the first time was mercy before mercy introduced itself to me. That was mercy. I was like, ding, you know, (laughs) so I just, I like, I passed out. I had the best night of my of sleep of my life. My aura ring the next morning was like, whatever you did last night, do it again. And I was like, I don't know if that can happen, but <laughs> I would love for it to happen every night, but I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but it was like, you had the most restorative sleep, you know, anyone who has an aura ring, you know, the insights it gives you is so funny. So I was, I was laughing so hard. I was like, yeah, I know. Like I had the most amazing restorative sleep last night because I had a being rubbing my back to sleep. It was great. Um, squeeze my radians and release whatever needed to be released in order for my body to relax and just fully go in to a deep, deep restorative sleep. So funny. So I have had just amazing, an amazing opening of hearing of clarity. And so I just want to invite you guys not to do the same fast that I'm doing, but ask your guides, your angels, your soul counsel, ask them what, what you should do. Maybe there's little tweaks in your routine. Maybe it's your morning meditation, your evening meditation, day meditation, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you'll get a new practice or something like that, that will help you up level and be able to tune in and begin to have that crossover between the spirit and the natural world. Um, because that's what I'm experiencing is a definite something's crossing over, you know, like I'm having that supernatural in Christianity. That's what we call it. I'm having supernatural things happen to me, um, where, it's definitely a blend now of spirit and natural, which is what we are. So it's just that typically we're more tuned into the physical realm, the natural realm than we are the spirit. And so it's just tuning into the spirit, which is exactly what I'm doing um, so that you're able to hear and be an open channel and be continuously connected, not just have moments of connection, but have a continuous connection, which is so important. So all that to say, What has been coming up for me, and I've been seeing a lot of my followers, a lot of my clients, I've been seeing a lot of talk around triggers and, um, and the struggle is real around triggers. And I know that, um, so I wanted to dive into this conversation with you guys, if that's okay, of just how, how to acknowledge, how to see triggers, why triggers happen, uh, what the opportunity is and how do we step into that opportunity, like from the place of being triggered into a place of seeing a, a different perspective, right? Um, I know that back when I was a kid, I remember there was this one chick in my youth group who later in high school, I think I was a junior in high school. Yeah, I was a junior in high school and senior. Unfortunately, I had to involve myself with her for two years. Um but I, I basically, I had a lot of insecurities like we all do in high school. I mean, you're, there's so much change and transition. 
And I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because I was also a pastor's kid. So I was always being looked at. I was always being watched. I was always being made an example of, um, not by my parents, but mostly by the church community and also by the kids. So the, the kids, youth group, junior high, we were all very close. I had a very small youth group growing up. So we all were kind of in each other's business all the time. Felt like a, a little mini like family. Um, so everyone was involved in everyone's business and was in the know. And um, there wasn't a ton of girls. It was more guys, um, a part of my youth group. Back when I was in um, like early junior high, there was plenty of girls in the youth group. But as we, as I kind of transitioned um, through high school, uh, also our church was cut in half a couple times. So it just kind of dwindled down our youth group and became like a core group of people. And I, I love every single one of them and have such fond memories, especially with my amazing youth pastor, uh, Pastor B, Pastor Brian. Um, he was an amazing influence on my life. And I, I'm indebted to him because in, in all the ways I expressed my frustration or, um, even my disappointment, uh, and, you know, just as a teenager, you have so much going on in all the ways that I expressed myself, he never judged me. And that was just such a great example of love. He didn't treat me any differently than any other kid. And my parents made sure of that. They made sure to tell him, always treat my kids like every other kid. They're like every other kid. <laughs> so uh, we appreciated that. I know my brother and I did very much because we, that allowed us to have a close relationship um, with our youth pastor. And both of us have, have like, we feel so much love and gratitude towards him. So him and his wife were just amazing. So anyway, all that to say, I had uh, one girl that came into the youth group group late. In, in a sense, she, she, they, I guess they moved into the area. And so they found our church and she ended up attending. At first I was befriended and I thought, oh, I have a new friend and there's, there's not very many girls in the youth group. And so I finally get that girl friendship, you know, that relationship I've been wanting and haven't had much of, I didn't really have much luck except for in high school, like at my school, I was friends with every girl. Like I had no beef with any girls. I'm not that kind of girl anyway. I'm not a bitch. Um, I'm not drama. I hate drama. So if anything, I was always just super supportive. And I ran in so many different circles of people. I was a pollinator as my mom liked to call it. Um, so I didn't align with like one group. I kind of just pollinated and went around and said hi to every group, whether band, jock, cheerleader, volleyball players, you know, whatever it was. Um, the girls that are just like in between and artsy and are book nerds and, you know, and the guys too, I was friends with so many guys and, um, and chicks and just, just overall had, you know, very surface level, but a lot of surface level friendships, but nothing deep. And I'm the type of person that I love to go deep. It's actually very difficult for me to remain surfacey. I'm like, let's get into like the nitty gritty, all the depth of the deep of the things. <laughs> and so um, it was amazing to think that I had a friend. And I, I phrase that exactly how I want to phrase it. Think that I had a friend. And of course I had all my insecurities. Um, I've always been heavier 
I've always struggled with weight since I uh, hit puberty. And so I had, of course, insecurities around my body and your body changes in high school. And um, also my purpose and like what I was meant to do. And I love to sing, but I didn't know if that was like where I was meant to be and meant to head to. And um, so, you know, you just, you have your own stuff. You're coming into adulthood as a high schooler. And so um, I trusted this chick and I was triggered in the most awful of ways from her actions. And, um, she would pretend to be my friend. My confidant would dig. She's good at digging. She's good at digging in a way that I actually dig. She very much replicated me, um, and made me feel safe, but I wasn't actually safe. And so this is part of what has made me, me, to be honest, is I saw how she did this masterfully masterful, like more cunning than any girl I had ever met in making you feel so secure, so safe, so loved, so embraced, not judged, not criticized. And I felt so safe. And then all of a sudden something that was like a little nugget. And this is how she was masterful and cunning. She wouldn't just dish. Like as soon as she got something from me, that she knew would be painful if it got out. It would hurt me, it would ruin my reputation, make me look like an idiot, whatever it was, right? It would diminish me. Um, She would hold on to it until the most opportune time. Whenever she felt like it was the most opportune time to go bloop, (laughs) drop, she would drop it. And uh, it, it impacted me deeply deeply wounded me. And then she would spin it and she'd go, I don't know how this got out. I don't, I don't, maybe someone overheard our conversation, right? If we were talking on the phone and she would say, no, no, remember, you didn't tell that to me in person. You, you told me that over the phone. Remember you told me that through text. I wonder if one of the guys got my phone and saw your text. So then I'd like scroll through my text, like, and we had the old phones back in the day. So it, was, it wasn't like iPhones where you can scroll, like, you know, like click the button to go up. And I would, I would search and I would never find it, but I would trust her going, well, but like, I felt so safe with her. Right. I felt so I felt so secure and like, this is, this is a friend. This is a good friend of mine. And so I would trust her and I would go, I don't know, but this is awful. And like, I I've never shared this with anybody. I don't know how this got out. Oh, I was hanging with these people, like part of the youth group, right? They must've seen my phone or gotten into my phone or, or overheard our conversation. I think maybe my parents told people and that's how it got out. She would spin it in whatever way that would make me go, okay, it wasn't her, right? She didn't do that. And it took maybe two or three times for that to happen in such a huge, impactful way that I started to catch on. I wasn't dumb, but I was so trusting. And she made it easy to trust. And I was so hurt. I was so triggered. I began to hate her. I began to resent her, be bitter. And she would even like hug the guys and look at me. She would like stick her boobs into like the guys as she would hug them. And she was tall. So all the guys are getting a face full of breasts. <laughs> and, and I just would like, look at her like, oh, I hate you. You know, <laughs> like you're like turning everybody. All these guys are just like, <laughs> you know, just turning to her, just like, you know, just wanting, panting, you know, for, for her affection, for her boobs, for her body, for whatever, you know, cause 
teenage guys, like what else, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, but I felt so assaulted and, and like my whole world. So for a long time, I actually told um, what sucked was that youth group was hosted at my house. <laughs> so there was no escape. Like it couldn't like not go. And um, so for a while I really struggled and I think I even sat on the stairs once. Like, I just was like, not feeling it. Like, I don't want to be down there. I don't want to look at her. I don't want to be near her. I hate this girl. And I have to bring this girl into my home, like my safe place, my sanctuary. Every week she's here and she's hugging all the guys and she's doing all these things. And she's giving me these side smirks, like, yeah, bitch. You know, like when we, when we started opposing each other and I, I told her what I thought of her, um, which wasn't very kind, um, or loving or compassionate. Um, but I told her off, you know, like, you know, fuck off, fuck you, like get out of my life. You know, you're such a bitch. Like, I don't understand what it is that you think you need to destroy in me, but like, I'm done. I'm done playing your game. I'm done being used, um, as a pawn in your manipulation scheme and in your rise to, status, whatever it is, you can have it. I don't give a fuck about it. Like, you know, I just was like, I don't understand this. Um, I don't understand why me, like I'm the most loving, compassionate, empathetic, trusting person. Like I am the, I, I always was like, I am the least person that you should be threatened by. Like, there's nothing about me that is threatening. Like I invite everyone in, like, there's no one that I exclude. I've been like that my whole life. So just like, I don't understand why you feel the need to make me look like a total idiot and and like a total screw up in life and why you have to expose every little thing or twist it in a way that makes me look bad like why do you have to bring me down like that like I don't do that to you I've never done that to anybody like I can't think of anyone that I've ever done that to even now I'm 34 now and I can't I can't think of a time where I've ever done that but it's mostly because I had these experiences with people and I felt what it felt like. So I'm like, I never want to do that to anyone ever. Like, and if I ever do by accident, make someone feel diminished, I will wreck myself over that for probably weeks, if not months, if not years, like I will beat my own self up for that because that is never my intention. So I tell you all of this to tell you that it's so funny how life happens because it has been more than 20 years, more than 20 years since I have heard from seeing this person. Well, you know, like I've moved on. I understand also now from even before, like I became more on a spiritual journey and more spiritual than, than religious. Even then I understood just how broken she must've been to to be so leechy and um, to do such low blows and to know that you are building trust with somebody and you're doing it for the sole purpose of destroying them, of making them feel smaller than you so that you can dominate and feel powerful, right? I just was like, oh, like that's the worst. Like what an awful fucking place to be. And if this is you, and you're like, I do that. I'm that person. I make people feel that way. Don't worry. No judgment, no criticism. If that's you, it's just great for you to acknowledge it because we all have those feelings of feeling like 
I need to feel strong. I need to feel powerful. I need to feel like in control. And I think that is such a sneaky, sneaky little lie that you're not in control. So this is how you take control, right? Is by manipulating and conniving and ladder climbing and whatever it is, if it's in your career, if it's in your personal life, it's, if it's within your relationships, your family, your friendships, uh, your social circles, whatever it is, if it's online, whatever it is, anytime that we diminish someone, that is, that is a really loud alarm being sounded off within you. And it's begging you for recognition and acknowledgement so that it can heal. And so that's one trigger. That's one way that you can be triggered is needing to usurp people, is needing to dominate, needing to control, needing to diminish somebody so that you feel big, you feel strong, you feel great, uh, you feel in control. A lot of times it's around control because life is so out of control. And so I knew that about her. I, I knew how broken she must have been. And so I forgave her a long time ago. Um, but it was so funny because she showed up and I, at first I didn't realize it because the handle on um, Instagram is some random numbers and uh, letters handle, but I recognized the face immediately. And so she had been following me for a little bit and I was like, okay, I mean, I'm way different. You know, it's been 20 something years. So um and I do different things. I'm not, I'm not your average Christian. If, if anyone considers me Christian, I don't know if I consider myself Christian anymore. I definitely hold values and, and some of the beliefs, but not everything. So some of those foundational things that they're like, this is what makes you a Christian. I tossed up a while ago, um, into the air and see where it fell. So I don't know, but, um, but it's okay. <laughs> but I knew like for anyone who knew me back in the day, that's probably quite a shock when they realize like she's doing tarot cards. She's doing Oracle cards. Like, you know, all these things, all these tools that I now use, you know, they're like, Whoa! you know, like tarot is so evil in Christianity. They consider it to be really evil. Um, and you're messing with the devil and you, that's how you get possessed. And, uh, so, so I knew that was probably it. And she commented on a, two things. And, um, and at one point I just realized why am I allowing this person back in my space? She could totally be different. She could totally be, you know, not the same person, but it just hit me like, again, why am I allowing somebody that I have such an awful history with? Why am I allowing them to even follow? Like, you don't need to follow me. There's so many other people out there that do what I do or, um, or are similar or would speak to her in a more Christian way, you know, like in a way that she could receive and feel comfortable with. And I'm probably not that person. I'm definitely like crossing a bridge here. And, and even, I don't know where I am on my spiritual journey to say, you know, like, I don't know what to categorize myself and I feel no need to categorize myself. So for people that knew me, or, you know, I know still some people follow me from my last church that I was at. And, um, so I know it can be alarming, but I've just kind of let it go. Like if they want to follow me, they want to follow me. Cool. If they, if they don't then, and, or they're offended or they're triggered in any way, cool. They don't have to follow me. I'm not requiring anyone to follow me. It, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, I get it. I'm on a journey. So I'm just respecting that and honoring that. But I, it made me realize all these things were coming up in me again with her. She had two comments. And, uh, 
and it was triggering me hardcore again. And for the first time in over 20 years, like I, I felt the same feelings of resentment, of bitterness, of, um, just what she did, you know? And it was like, all just coming back up in me, like, God, what an awful, what an awful person is what I was thinking. And then I went, hold on, you are not perfect. And technically, I mean, anyone else could have that perspective about you. Like she could actually think of you the same. She could think you're an awful bitch, you know? (laughs) And so I was like, oh, like interesting, interesting perspective. Like how does she view me? You know, what triggered her, what in me triggered her to feel like I was that person that she had to react and respond in such a way. I don't know. Maybe she wasn't, maybe it was just conniving the whole time and cunning and masterful. And, um, she wasn't threatened by me, but, or, or, you know, in any, like, I didn't do anything necessarily, who knows, but it just hit me. Like there are things in me that are dark, right? There are things in me that are unhealed, that are ugly, right? I've got ugly in me. And so I know that I need to still heal and I'm on a journey of discovering any ugly and I am willing and open to heal that. And this was one thing that happened where it came up in me. I realized I still really struggle like with that sister, sisterhood, you know, trusting women, trusting uh, that I'm not being um, misguided and uh, mistrusting somebody that would be accumulating things about me and, um, and using it against me later and finding like the right moment to just ruin my career, ruin my reputation, ruin, ruin me, right. In whatever way they feel is necessary. And so it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like oh, I still have that. Like I definitely put it away and it wasn't on the surface anymore. I wasn't struggling with anger, resentment, bitterness, um, hating her. I wasn't struggling with any of that, but I still had the wounding. And so I realized, ah, that's bringing up the wound again. Like that still hurts. Um, that still really hurts and, and has left a, a bit of a scar because I, in that moment, promised myself I would never trust a woman like that ever again like ever again. And since then I have not really had many girl friendships. I have a couple guy friendships from college that I continue to keep up on. And, um, every time we chat, it's like, you know, no no time and space has ever left. Um, or there's no distance. It's like, we're just back in college again and talking and sharing our lives and what they're like now with kids and marriage and life and partnerships and all of that. So it's a beautiful thing, but I don't really have very many women. And just this year, I stepped into new friendships with women and it started out as colleagues from the podcast. Um, Some of them are Sarah James Carter, Yasmin Elzamore, who's going to be on next week's episode. Um, Christine Rodriguez from Astrology Now podcast. I also gained a new guy friend, Daniel, um, the past life regressionist, um, and several, several others, um, including just sweet Randy. Oh my gosh. Um, he was just amazing. What a gift. Um, and so just amazing to have friends and to connect with people in this way. But I realized as this came up, I realized two things, two things came up, the hurt realizing, ah, I still hurt. 
that that is still there. Like I've I've dealt with the the surf the really big things that were surfacing and were ugly, which is anger, bitterness, resentment, right? Um, thinking she's an awful bitch, you know, like demoralizing her, degrading her for her actions, which is not fair. And so I realized I need to stop that. I need to stop blaming her. Like I'm not a victim to her. Like I was, but I'm no longer a victim to her. And I need to stop blaming her for how I feel, you know, or why things happened the way that they happened for me. And um, so I realized that. And then I realized I still had that wounding, which was still deep and still needed to just be addressed and brought up to the surface. So it was so wonderful because I allowed her messages, her comments, uh, two comments, none of them were bad. Um, the last one just irked me because I was like, it literally makes no sense. And I just realized she just has no paradigm. She has no understanding of what, what I'm even talking about. So she's relating it back to Christianity and thinking that, you know, again, um, in Christianity, you believe Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. Um, no one can see the father except through him. And that's, it's part of scripture. And so part of walking in a spiritual understanding more on the spiritual side than the religious Christian side, or even Catholic side, whatever, even Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, right. There's so many different religions and beliefs and all of that. And I honor and respect all of them, but I have, I have kind of readjusted my perspective. I don't think Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. I think the only way in the truth of the life is me. And it's me becoming more like Jesus is how I connect with God's source universe. I feel and reread this, the scripture to, to see that he was saying, I'm demonstrating what this is like. He's not saying he's the only and but period. He's He's saying he is demonstrating what it is like for us to walk in our divinity and in love and in connectedness with God's source universe. So he was the example that we needed that led us to our understanding of our divine connectedness with God. But he is not, in my belief, in what I've kind of come to, is not the way, the truth, and the life. He demonstrated the way, the truth, the life. So that's my perspective personally, but I honor everyone's perspective. We all have different perspectives. We're all on different journeys and that's a beautiful thing. And so I love hearing other people's perspectives and I'm always open to that. Um, I realized when, when I was more on the Christian side of things, I was so not open and, and I was afraid of anything that wasn't something that I had been taught or read in scripture. And I didn't have eyes to see the scripture in any other way than what I was taught. Um, and I studied the Bible for three years in college. I read the Bible more than five times cover to cover. So, but I read it with the same lens. And so I've kind of shifted my lenses a little bit and I will continue to shift my lenses. Who knows? I could always come back to the, no, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Who knows, right? Like our journey is our own, right? And so I honor my journey and I know I haven't landed anywhere. And that feeling is a very unstable feeling because I'm used to being very grounded in what I believe. I have these core beliefs. This is what I believe. So I've definitely been in a season where I'm like, oh my God, this is so like, it's freeing. And it's also kind of a little scary because when people ask me, I don't really have an answer for them. <laughs> so I say all that to say that I realized that I still have that wounding 
but I didn't think of her anymore as an awful bitch. I thought of her as someone who's on the journey and who's learning some really hard lessons and who has the opportunity to deeply heal and deeply connect with themselves and, and also strength, strengthen themselves in a way that they haven't ever had. Life didn't really set them up for that, but they chose that life, right? She chose her life. She chose her family. She chose her experiences so that her soul could evolve. I began to have compassion and empathy and love towards her and see her just as myself, that I'm on the same journey, experiencing the same things, just in a different costume. And so all of a sudden it made her not so scary. It made her not so awful. It made me feel very much like I can totally relate. And we just made different choices and that's okay. And I learned from her choices and that's part of what molded me. I needed that. I needed to feel heartbreak in a different way. I needed to feel um, all of all of those feelings of pain. That was part of what I chose to experience. So obviously our souls connected, perhaps that was a soul contract. And so I began to just be so grateful for her, so grateful for her choices um, that she just felt she... I guess, I, I mean, I can't judge, but perhaps she was moving in such an authentic way, you know, that she authentically in her mind, this was real. This is what she, this was her only options. And she was just following her only options, whether it was true, whether it was the right thing to do, the loving thing to do certainly wasn't, but I'll tell you right now, it certainly wasn't, but like she chose that. And, and so I just thought, you know, I navigate my life the same way. I navigate in just an honest, authentic, raw, real way. Does that make every decision that I make right, you know, or for my highest good and benefit and the benefit of all? Sometimes not. So I can't judge, but I just realized that. And it made me realize also that basically I have the choice who comes into my space, who comments, who, and, but even on a personal level, I determine the level of relationships that I have, right? And who I have relationship with. So if I feel like that no longer serves me and that's not something I really want, I don't want that interaction, then I have to honor that. So I ended up, you know, um, blocking her and releasing her in love, wishing her well, wishing her the best. And also in that sense of like, please, please, uh, please fuck off in the most kindest way possible, but you don't need to follow me, sweetheart. Like, I, I also felt like to end the connection, to sever the connection, like our, our soul contract was completed and done back 20 years ago. We don't need to do this again. And I kind of felt the energy around her that she was feeling the same feelings again. And just like our, our dynamic, our, you know, there's, there's nothing in me that wants to be connected to you in any sort of way, you know, even though I have love and compassion for you and I honor your journey and your process, um, we still have to set that boundary line and there's nothing wrong in doing that. And so this is part of the trigger part that I wanted to share with you and focus on is that how do we navigate relationships that are unhealthy relationships that don't serve our highest good and benefit? How do we recognize that? How do we acknowledge that? How do we know when we need to allow somebody to do what they're doing, right? And it may be verbally, emotionally, mentally abusive. 
I never vouch for physical or sexual abuse, but sometimes we encounter people that really mess with us mentally, emotionally, um, even energetically. And as a Christian, I thought that I was to turn the other cheek, right? Because that's in the Bible, turn the other cheek, you know? Um, and so I was like, okay, and we forgive. And so how do you, how do you turn the other cheek with somebody that continues to slap your face? Like they didn't just slap you once or twice They They keep slapping you and each cheek that you end up showing them after each slap, they slap again, you know, again, 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 and you just keep getting slapped in the face. How do you continue to turn the other cheek when you continue to get slapped? At some point you say enough, correct? So how do we do this from a place of love, of compassion, of sympathy or empathy, realizing this person is not separate from myself. This is just something that is manifesting that is part part of me. Because if I am part spirit, right? If, I, if I'm spirit having a temporary human experience, then I am not separate from any other spirit because we all belong to the same spirit, right? So we're all one. So how do you do this in a loving, compassionate way that it benefits you, it's for your highest good, but it also benefits the other person or people that um, you're encountering this with? So I think for me, this came, this came in a long, long sit down with myself of really evaluating where I'm coming from. How am I making these choices? Am I truly coming from a place of love? Or am I literally just saying like, fuck you and fuck off, <laughs> you know, is that what it's like? Or am I saying, you know what? I really do feel like this is severed between us and that this is no, no longer needed or helpful. And so I'm going to go ahead and sever the bond, sever the connection because it's not going to serve me to continue to be connected or to reconnect which is hard. And so with love for myself, which is loving the other person, uh, with honoring myself, I am honoring the other person because again, we are not separate, right? So you honor yourself, you love yourself, you love and honor people. That is just what happens. It, it's, it's a part of the process and it's a part of you loving yourself. You end up loving people as well. It's just, it's just a natural occurrence. Um, so I realized, you know what? I love and honor myself. And I can feel that this is not actually positive. I had allowed her to follow me for quite some time, a couple months. And I just realized um, this, is not, this is not helpful for her. And I'm feeling the energy that it's not just, um, it's not just curiosity and watching and maybe even opening her mind to new things, but this is actually, this is actually turning into her now feeling like she needs to say something um, that she actually wants to communicate. She wants to get involved and it's not in a way that is going to help her or help me. And so I just, I just decided to sever the connection. And um, when I did it, I didn't feel bitterness. I didn't feel anger. I did feel that empowerment feeling of like, I'm making the choice and I'm saying no. 
and I'm saying goodbye without saying anything, right? Just blocking um, and just making it clear. I don't want a connection at all. I don't want any interaction. I don't want a connection. And so I've had to do that with a few people in my life and she's not the only one, but I've had to do that with a few people in my life. And I've always wondered if I was copping out, if I was making the right decision, if I was coming from a place of love, or if I was really, um, being selfish and self-centered, um, or if I was afraid to get hurt again. And so I, I've sat with each one of those and have really just made sure that I'm not coming from a place other than what is for my highest good and benefit and for the benefit of all involved. I need to come from that place. And if I still feel peace with that decision, then I need to do it because ultimately I follow the peace in every decision I make. And that is how I have navigated life. And it has honestly never steered me wrong, even when it was painful or hurt or was a little scary. And it took being bold and brave and courageous to do it. I still did it. So I just want to encourage you guys that as you're navigating life, always tune in to how you feel and really tune into the feelings that are coming up. If again, something is resurfacing, that's a trigger. That is what we call a trigger, right? And triggers are opportunities for us to step into our own power, divinity, also to love and heal and bring clarity and truth to things that maybe are still buried deep. And that is going to be our journey for our entire life. That is never going to change. And I am always going to have people that are going to try to hurt me diminish me, disempower me, um, you know, either whether it's the government, whether it's pharma, whether it's any, any organization out there, any, any of the powers that be interpersonal relationships, even family members, even, you know, it could be anyone, past friends, current friends. Um, it doesn't matter. We're always going to encounter that. So what we need to realize is that no one has the power over you. No one has authority over you, right? You alone have the power and authority to make your choice, to believe what you believe, to act how you want to act, to say what you want to say. It is on you and you alone, no one else. And so when you're triggered by something, it's, it's actually a great opportunity to see what in me is still what, what part of that is still lingering there that is holding me back in some way or keeping me from fully loving and trusting? And I always say love is free, but trust is earned, right? So I've learned that the hard way because I was always like, love is free, trust is free. If I love you, I trust you. And I did not separate the two. I basically just realized like, I'm never doing that. I'm never making that mistake. I'm not trusting someone in that way until they have proven it. And proven it over and over and over again. Sometimes I would trust someone because they would do something once and go, oh, see, see, I can trust them. And then I would realize, oh my gosh, no, they just betrayed me. Like as soon as I did, it was like hell, all, all hell broke loose. And so I've realized that trust is earned over time, not over one time, over time, multiple, multiple years, months of time. 
And you can also see how someone's going to treat you, how they treat others. So my mom always used to say, and I love my mom for this. If someone's gossiping to you about someone else, you damn know that they are gossiping about you to someone else. So it's the same. If someone is mistreating someone or talking negatively about someone in some way, you know that that's coming your way. It's just a matter of time because this is how this person operates. They don't see, they don't see it as wrong. They don't see it as destructive. Um, they're not in that place where they can see that. So really important to take a step back and to trust your gut, trust your intuition when, when it comes to trusting others. And know that every experience that you're experiencing, you are meant to experience, but it is ultimately your choice on how you react, how you respond, how you move. Do you move back? Do you move forward? Do you sidestep? Which, which decision are you going to make, right? And there have been times where I sidestepped hardcore and I was like, nope, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to move back. I'm staying here, right? I'm just going to sidestep this and that's that. And then there's been times where I've moved back there's times when I've moved forward and everything in life is what we're meant to experience for our highest good and benefit for our soul journey, for our soul awakening, for everything. And so I just want to encourage you guys that it's okay. If you feel triggered, it's okay. When things pop up or re reappear, that is such an amazing opportunity. And you should feel so much gratitude for that because that is life handing you a little bucket, a little present of shadow work and is giving you the opportunity to work through something that maybe is long gone, like years, years ago, something you dealt with, something you experienced, something that really damaged you or hurt you. And it's literally caused you to walk differently through life. This is your opportunity to heal that. This is your opportunity to cleanse yourself of any stagnant energy. And so I just want to close with this, um, with this episode. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I hope it made you laugh. And I'm sure you felt very, very many similarities because we've all experienced this where someone is hunting you down. It's the worst feeling ever. Um, and I know that we've had people reemerge in our lives, you know, later on, uh, that were destructive and, and they reemerge. And sometimes it's okay to reconnect with that person. Sometimes that's like the most healing thing you can do. So you just have to feel the energies, but I want you to know that it is your choice, your choice alone to allow someone into your space again and to take your time and to allow them to earn trust over time. Not just because it's an old friend showing face, make sure everyone earns trust with you. And that you don't just give that freely away because your energy is sacred. Your time here is sacred. And for it to be misused, um, misplaced, uh, even messed with, isn't what is meant for your highest good and benefit. But what can be helpful is for you to be triggered, for you to allow deeper healing, clarity, truth to be brought to that old wound memory and for you to truly fully and completely move forward and move on and you alone have the choice of who is in your life what is in your life you have that choice you have that power and authority so I just want to make sure you feel that that it is totally fine and even if it's a mistake so let's say years from now I feel like oh you know what I feel like 
I'm going to unblock her. And if she ends up following me back again, cool. If not, fine. But I could years, years down the road, even months down the road, feel differently about it, right? And not feel like I need to set that boundary. But in that moment, I really felt like I needed to set that boundary. So I honored that. And there's no judgment, no criticism. It's part of my journey. It's part of your journey. And so I just want to send you a lot of, of that encouragement and um, hoping that it uplifts you and empowers you and makes you feel it's okay. It's totally okay. So I just want to bless you right now in your friendships, in your relationships, in your co-workerships, in your colleagues, in all areas of relationships. I just want to bless you that you would have fulfilling and amazing, safe friendships, safe family relationships, co-workerships, social circles, and dynamics that you would be surrounded by people that inspire and uplift you and encourage you and literally uplift you, like lift you up uh, when you are down and lift you up regardless and have your back no matter what. I just bless you with that. And I just thank you for your time and for listening, hearing my story and hearing, hearing the wisdom that I've gleaned from it as far as how to navigate triggers and how to how to tune into what we actually feel even years down the line and to see that healing come is really beautiful. It's been a beautiful part of my journey as I've been on a fast because it happened during my fast. Um, and I felt so clear and um, so willing to allow deeper healing to come and to just completely let go and release that because it no longer serves me to have that perspective and to have that fear or that inclination, you know, that, that kind of like stop, you know, stop sign, uh, when it comes to my relationships with women specifically. Um, so I love you all so much. This was so beautiful. And thank you so much for your time for listening. I hope that you just feel so encouraged and uplifted again by this. That was my intention. And thank you for allowing me to share again on the Soulish podcast. I'll see you guys next week for an amazing episode with Yasmin Alzamore. We get deep and you'll get to see how in my friendships now, I just have amazing friendships with women that we can be so open and vulnerable and honest with. This episode is such an amazing episode of stepping into your power and your intuition. And it is, it is so amazing. Like we we definitely went there and we, we got emotional. We shared our emotions, our vulnerability, our honesty with how we felt and our situation. And Yasmin was so open and so vulnerable and it made me open up. Uh, she's a beautiful person. She's been on the podcast before you guys know her. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear that episode. I also have a monthly healing circle happening on patreon.com. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash Whitney Apke to sign up for my Awaken membership. And that will include the monthly healing circle as well as weekly energy forecasts, weekly intuitive tarot and Oracle card pulls and readings, as well as spiritual practices and rituals. And every patron gets a 10% off discount, which is amazing. And so this healing circle is going to be so powerful. I have been feeling it. I think it's no coincidence that this is happening on the last day of my fast. And um, I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing, amazing time of healing, going deep, 
um, and I'm so excited for it. So go ahead and sign up so you can join. Normally healing circles are like 30, 40, 50 bucks just in the healing circle event. And my membership is $10 for the Connect membership and $20 for the Awaken membership, which includes the monthly healing circle. And so you get all of that plus a monthly healing circle, which is amazing. So I love you all. I'm here to support and love on you. So feel free to DM me if this struck up something within you. If you have any questions or concerns or want to share your story or um, even just your thoughts about it and what came up for you. I'd love to hear it. So you can DM me on the Soulish Podcast or Whitney Apke uh, Instagram. Either one is totally fine. I love you all. Such an honor and a privilege always. Mm-hmm.